If you have your Bibles tonight, open them to Proverbs chapter 22. Proverbs chapter 22. Tonight in our study of Proverbs, we've made our way into a section called the 30 sayings. It has the same author, it has the same inspiration of God, but the section is arranged in this group of 30 sayings. Last Sunday night, we looked at the introduction uh, found in verses 17 through 21. In it, we were told, in fact, we were actually directed to take in the word of God, to seriously consider it in our mind, to let it be our counsel, let it be our guide, and then be ready to speak it with our lips. And God tells us that is the prudent thing to do. That is the good thing to do, to consider his word, to take it in, to position ourselves to hear it and to study it, to consider it in our minds. More than that, let it be our, our guide in life and then be ready to speak it with our lips. Now, what that means is when someone seeks the wisdom of God, that we are to be ready to say, thus saith the Lord, or this is what God has said in his word. So people are going through life, all sorts of situations come up. We should be ready to say, well, this is what God has said in his word. Now, I want you to think about something tonight. Think about this. The wisdom of God is and will always be in line with the character of God. Now, that's kind of big, pretty heavy, pretty profound. Listen to that again. The wisdom of God is and will always be in line with the character of God. He is just, and so his wisdom, his word, will also always be just. He is good, and so his wisdom, his word, will also always be good. He's gracious, and so his wisdom will always be gracious. Now, we could go on and on, but God's wisdom is and will always be perfectly reflective of the character of God. So listen to me, hear this. And so if we desire to have the character of God, if we as believers desire to exhibit the character of God, then we should take in and we should practice the wisdom of God. That is the simple formula. If we want to have the character of God, if we want to exhibit it in our life, then we are to take in and then practice the wisdom of God. That's the formula, but better than that, listen, that is the opportunity we have. And sometimes we think, well, what a heavy burden, what a, what a tough thing to study God's word and to live according to God's word. Listen, if you want to look like God, the God that we saw, follow, that we serve, that is the opportunity we have to be taking in his wisdom and living accordingly and then we become reflections of the character of God. And so there, in that introduction, God directs us, really he commands us to listen, to think, to consider, and to be shaped by the word of God. That is the introduction to the 30 sayings. From there, we now launch into the 30 sayings themselves. All right, the first saying is found in verse 22 in verse 33. The very first saying is this. Do not rob the poor because he is poor or crush the afflicted at the gate for the Lord will plead their case and take the life of those who rob them. Do not rob the poor because he is poor or crush 
the afflicted at the gate. For the Lord will plead their case and take the life of those who robbed them. The very first thing from the wisdom of God here is dealing with the taking advantage of the disadvantaged. That's what this is dealing with, the taking advantage of the disadvantaged. Now, the picture here, the rich, the rich person had privilege in the courts of law. Maybe they knew the judge. Maybe they were able to buy off the judge. Maybe they were able to afford lawyers. But the rich person, they had privilege in the court of law. And so they would use that privilege, they would use that advantage to harass and to take from the poor. Well, here in this verse, God tells us there is a greater judge who sees all things and who acts fairly. Verse 23 shows us God is the righteous God, the righteous judge who vindicates and sets all things to even. He sees, he knows, and he settles the score. He is the righteous judge above all other judge that sets things to even. Now, I think about that verse. I think about that first saying, and I wonder, well, does that happen today? How would that still happen today? Are there people that use their privilege in order to take advantage of the disadvantage? How does that take place today? Let me give you some examples. Uh, payday loans. Those businesses spring up. Car title loans. Now, they come along and somebody needs money and they're about to have their water turned off and you can go to these places and you can borrow $100 or, or $200, $300 and they charge you a fee and a this and a that and, and interest rates as high as 50%, 100%, sometimes even higher. Honestly, many, many credit cards do the same thing. They use the system to take advantage of poor people. Well, it still happens today. Well, the character of God is to care for the disadvantaged, to defend the disadvantaged, to give justice and to defend justice for the disadvantaged. So that is the first saying that we have in the 30 sayings. The second saying is found in verse 24 and 25. Do not associate with a man given to anger or go with a hot-tempered man, or you will learn his ways and find a snare for yourself. Now, we've heard very similar versions of this. Do not associate with a man given to anger, or go with a hot-tempered man, or you will learn his ways and find a snare for yourself. Over and over and over again, we ask the question, does it matter who you associate with? Does it really matter who you run with? And over and over again in the page of Scripture, we see that it does. The Bible says we become like those we closely associate with. That is the biblical truth. We become like those that we closely associate with. Let me tell you this. If you want to know what a person is like, sometimes we wonder, I wonder what, what they're really like. Not just the words they say, not just the image that they portray, but what is that person truly like? What are they really like? If you want to know what a person is like, take a look at their close friends. Take a look at their close associates. The Bible says we become like those that we are close associates with. 
Well, verse 24 in that understanding talks about a specific type of person. It says the one that is given to anger. This is talking about the person that their pattern is to get mad. That's what they do. Their pattern is to get mad. It says the hot-tempered man. They're easily angered. They're usually found in anger. They fly off the handle. They explode very quickly. A hot-tempered person. Well, God, trying to get us to take on his character, says, do not associate with them. Now, I want you to think about that. God getting us to walk in his character, to exhibit his character, says, do not go with them. Do not get in with them. Do not travel through life with them as your friend. Now, here's a hard truth, and it's kind of a hard thing to understand. Sometimes people can't imagine that God would actually say, cut them off. And they would say, that doesn't, that doesn't sound like God, that God would say, do not associate with that person, with those people. That doesn't sound like God. what God would do. God says, carrying his name, trying to live and walk in his character, there are actually people that we ought not associate with. That sounds like a hard truth. That's what God teaches. Carrying the name of our Savior, trying to walk in his character, trying to grow in his character. There are people that were actually literally deliberately to try to stay away from. That's what he teaches. Now, why is that? Look at verse 25. Or you will learn his ways and find a snare for yourself. Or you will learn his ways and find a snare for yourself. Now, actually, there's two parts to that. The first part is this. First, you will learn their ways. You will learn their ways. Here's the deal. We have this idea, and I don't know if maybe it's just hopeful, maybe it's good and intended, but we have the idea that you can take this group of people and you can bring over this other group of people and this group will somehow pull this other group up. You ever, you ever see that? If we take this set of folks and we put them here, they're going to pull this other set of folks up. Remember, I remember in the school system, they put in this idea of inclusion. And the idea was that they would take this set of students and will bring in this set of students and they're going to pull them up. And that was the grand idea. You know what we'll do? How it's going to be better? We'll take this set of students, we'll bring in and we'll mix in this set of students and they will pull them up. They'll pull them up academically, maybe, maybe behaviorally. They'll pull them up. <laughs> Ask a teacher. Doesn't happen. Doesn't work. The one group doesn't pull them up. That's not what happens. What happens is the other group pulls that group down, and you end up with a lower standard, not a higher standard. That's what the Bible says. If you get in with an angry person, you're going to learn their ways. They're not going to learn yours. You're going to take on their ways. And over time, instead of you calming them down, they are going to teach you their ways and they are going to stir you up. And once that happens, the second part takes place. 
it says you will find a snare for yourself. You associate with them, you become like them, and then you find a snare for yourself. A snare is a trap. It means trouble, a trouble that will grab you, that will catch you, and will cause you harm. Friends, listen tonight. Be very careful who you are close with. Our young people, listen, this is the truth. Sometimes we think, well, I'll be the exception to that rule. Listen, you're not going to be the exception to the rule. Be careful who you are close with. You will become like them. Now, before we move, I was thinking about that. I was thinking about these 30 sayings are given to make us more like God, to help us look like the character of God. And so I was thinking about the character of God. I read that verse, and I start to think about the character of God. Listen to this. God loves sinners. He's clear in that. God is gracious. He makes a way for sinners at the cost of himself in the person of Jesus. He is gracious to sinners. He is kind to sinners. He is patient with sinners. He's long-suffering. He is compassionate towards sinners. But you know what's not in the presence of God? You know what he can have no part of? It's sin. The Bible says in our sin, we have a broken fellowship with God. He can't associate with us. He can't be close to us. In our sin, there is a broken fellowship with God. I think it's the same example. All right, the third saying. Third saying is found in verses 26 and 27. Verse 26 says this, Do not be among those who give pledges, among those who become guarantors for debts. Verse 27, If you have nothing with which to pay, why should he take your bed from under you? Let me read those again. Here's the third saying. Do not be among those who give pledges, among those who become guarantors for debts. If you have nothing with which to pay, why should he take your bed from under you? Remember, some of you will remember this. Some of, the, some of you may not. Remember the guy on Popeye named Wimpy? His name is actually J. Wellington Wimpy. That's his name. If you remember the cartoon, that's what it said on his desk. J. Wellington Wimpy. He's this big old heavyset guy in a suit, and that stereotype kind of offends me. I'll just tell you that. <laughs> but he comes along, and he says, remember this, I'll gladly pay you on Tuesday for a hamburger today. And you watch those cartoons, and I don't care what the plot of the cartoon is. I don't care what's going to happen. Here comes Jay Wellington Wimpy, and he comes along, and he's about to blow out of his big old suit, and he says, I will gladly pay you Tuesday for a hamburger today. Jay Wellington Wimpy is the subject of this third saying. This verse, this saying is talking about those who borrow, those who make pledges, I'll pay you next month for the Olive Garden today. I'll pay you next month for the purse or the shoes today. They are guaranteeing their debt. The Bible says this, listen, do not be among those. Very simply what that means is do not be one of those. Those that make pledges for their debt, those that make a promise 
to pay later for something now. The Bible actually says, do not be one of those. Do not borrow today. Do not make a pledge today for something you cannot pay for today. All right, here's a good question. Is debt a sin? Is debt a sin? Now, it could be. It for sure could be. I imagine in some situations it is a sin. I know if you're not going to pay it back, it is a sin. For some people, it is a sin. But whether or not it is a sin, listen, it is certainly unwise. Did you hear that? Whether or not it is a sin, it is certainly unwise. And I'll just tell you, I believe all people, I believe any advisor you go see, I believe any person from any stage of wealth would tell you debt is not wise. It's not wise. Why is that? Verse 27. If you have nothing with which to pay, why should he take your bed from under you? Listen, if it comes Tuesday and you've eaten all the hamburgers and it's time to pay and you have no money, here's the truth. You're going to lose your stuff. Now, Maybe Wimpy always paid his bill. It looks like he ate a lot. They never cut him off, evidently. But you are setting yourself up for trouble when you promise to pay for something later that you can't pay today so you can consume the thing today. Here's, here's the reason why. Our world is uncertain. Our world is uncertain. I, I know people, and they think, I've got this plan, and I've got these things, and here's where we're at. And, and they've got it all nailed down. They've got it mapped out. Our world is not certain. It is uncertain. And you know what? You can lose a job and not expect it. You can have an illness or an accident and not expect it. Things can turn very quickly. There could be unexpected trouble. Maybe the, the roof comes off of your house. Maybe there could be inflation. That's a good joke. All right. There could come a day when you've spent the money, consumed the good, and you have no money to pay, guess what happens in that day? You are in trouble. The Bible says it is unwise to be that person. It is unwise to pledge a debt for something that you're consuming now that you can't pay for now. The Bible says that we are to work, that we are to earn, that we are to save, and that is the best way to live. Do not be among those who give pledges, among those who become guarantors for debts. If you have nothing with which to pay, why should he take your bed from under you? We're going to end there tonight. We're going to stop there on the third saying. We'll pick up next week at the fourth saying. Isn't that personal? I'm, I'm going to tell you what, there are sermons that people get mad about, and there are sermons that people even say, boy, that's personal. Isn't this personal? When I, when I go through these three already, isn't God in our business? Good grief, he's in our business. He tells us how to treat people. He tells us how to, who to run with. I don't even get to pick my friends. He tells us how to handle our, our finances. Can't he just stick with heaven? Wouldn't that be better? Just stick with heaven. You deal with that. We'll take care of this. Here's the deal. This is actually the best way to live. And I want to tell you, this is actually the God-honoring way to live. And so he kindly, graciously tells us, here's the best way to live. Is it personal? Yes. Guess what? He is a personal God, living and active, gracious and kind to those that need wisdom. 
Is it personal? Yes, it's personal. He wants to see us in peace. He wants to see us in joy. He wants to see us to be able to carry his name and exhibit his character to his glory. I'm going to ask if you'll stand. I'll lead us in a word of prayer. Heavenly Father, we come tonight. We're thankful for your truth tonight. I, I pray for these three sayings that we would think about them, that we would consider them, that we would adapt if we need to, that we would adjust accordingly, and that we would walk more like you leaving here tonight. Lord, I pray for some that didn't know this information. I pray, Lord, for young people here that maybe are hearing it uh, for the first time. I pray that they would put it to practice and they would avoid the pitfalls of life. I pray for those of us that know these things that this might serve as a reminder to us, for us, again, that we would be shaped to live in, in your character. Lord, I'm thankful that you care for us, and I'm thankful that you see us, and I'm thankful that you're personally involved in the lives of the people that, that you love, that you care for. Lord, I, I pray that we would be agents of your truth, consumed in your truth, thinking and considering your truth, putting it into practice, <clears throat> And then, Lord, I pray that that would make us a people different than the world we live in. I pray the fruit of all of that is that you'd be pleased, that you'd be known, that you'd be glorified. Lord, we come and I pray for our church. I pray that you bless our church, that you lead our church, that you direct our church. Lord, I, I pray that you encourage our church to, to be diligent, urgent in spreading the gospel, the good news of Jesus. Lord, I, I'm thankful for our church. I'm thankful for how you put people around us to encourage us to walk with us, to pray for us, uh, to help us to, to, to turn and look to you. Lord, I pray to very, to tonight for those that are hurting in our church, those that are going through tough stuff, some of it unspeakable. I pray, Lord, that they would find you as their peace, that they would turn to you. And I pray that you'd be known and exalted in tough things tonight. Lord, I pray for homes here tonight, for parents here tonight, for grandparents here tonight. Pray for kids. Pray for single folks. Pray again that you're growing us and teaching us and training us, that you're pleased in the progress and known through it. Lord, we come as we head into a new week. We give it to you already. I pray that we would worship you every step of the way that in what we do, what we say, what we listen to, what we watch, how we think, how we do business, that we would have already decided on this day whom we will serve and whose name we will carry and how how we will hold it high. And I pray that a, a lost world would see that. And the Lord, we just come and end this Lord's day by saying we do love you. We do praise you. We do exalt you. And I pray in Jesus' name, amen.